0: Welcome to FitZAN's Property Exchange, hosted by Pearl Skeltimer, designed to keep you informed and captivated about the South African residential property market. Subscribe to our channel today and enjoy conversations with some of the most influential, innovative and interesting industry experts, stakeholders and scheme executives as they render input in today's property market. Hi, good day. Welcome again to Fitzan's Property
1: Exchange and the long-awaited follow-up on our discussion on divorce and property. Dylan Hirschop is joining us again so that we can continue with very pertinent questions. Welcome, Dylan. Thank you
2: very much, Paul. I really appreciate being back.
1: All right. On our previous discussion, you said that we actually need a podcast on its own to discuss the matter of what happens to property when couples get divorced. So let's start off with scenario one. An established property investor who's earning an income from his property wants to get married. He wants to protect his properties in the event they should get divorced. What are his options considering the different marriage regimes?
2: So this is a, a great introductory question and, and I think the, the, the primary objective um, um, for this particular person would be that there is a, a nicely structured anti contract or an ANC, as we like to call it in short, so that we can air out all of these issues. So then in the anti-nuptial contract, we can say, listen, these assets are excluded, these assets are included, these are the rules of engagement should we wish to get divorced. And, and this creates a lot of clarity in these situations so as to ensure that there's no sticky subjects or, or acrimony when dealing with these types of things. Another successful vessel that one can use to try and protect one's assets is to transfer properties into other entities like companies so that we actually now not own these properties per se, but we own shares in a company which then in turns now is used as this vessel to protect the longevity of these properties.
1: So does that mean if property is transferred in other entities that the spouse when getting divorced does not have any claim to it depending on what the marriage agreement specifies. So what
2: I can tell you, and and, and this is the importance when we're dealing with these aspects, because I think it, it relates to the hiding of assets. So before marriage and for the duration of one's marriage, you are entitled to make financial decisions in relation to your assets. I mean, there's no legislation saying that you cannot buy a watch or you cannot sell this or you cannot do that. But we need to understand that the moment that we start doing these things, like transferring properties, with the intention to, and I'll, I'll almost call it defraud
0: mm-hmm. the
2: other spouse, mm-hmm. then is where the the, the the problems arise. So it's it's not necessarily you can't not do anything with your property. It simply relates to your intention. So if you've got this intention to hide assets from your spouse to their detriment, then it's a different all game.
1: Okay. What recourse would the other party have in circumstances like that where it's clear that the intention was to hide these properties or these assets?
2: An interesting thing that they can do, and it's, it's a vehicle there to try and assist individuals, is a financial inquiry. So we're now busy with our divorce, And we then inform the other spouse that we now have this intention to have a financial inquiry. And this simply means that both of the parties will have to come to court. They will have to make a declaration of assets, expenditure, liability, income. And they'll basically have to put their financial position in front of the court. Both parties would have to do this. And then the court would make a decision as to whether or not the financial position is what it is. And if there's instances where they now can hide assets, and I mean, there's a lot of ways that people attempt to hide assets. And and just by way of example, one possibility is the transfer of property, as we've touched on, sporadic use of funds, um, requests for the other spouse to sign documents without reading it, lending of a lot of money and and requesting that particular spouse now to be a surety for that. The, the, the sale of movable assets, hiding of cash, buying of movable assets such as diamonds and gold, which actually now retain their value quite well. So these are all effective ways that we now can hide assets. But the moment we now see, listen, this party has now done something with the intention to defraud the other spouse or with the intention to do it to the detriment of the other party, we can apply to court for a redistribution order or forfeiture of assets where the courts would then in turn say, yes, we do understand you've now actually successfully transferred this property away from you, and it's for all intents and purposes not owned by you, but you are now forfeiting that asset to an extent so that they actually now cover that gap that you created as a result of these
1: transfers. Oh gosh, God forbid I ever land in a situation like this. Let's talk about scenario two. A prospective property investor wants to get married, but he does not He does not have any of the properties yet that he intends to buy as the investment. He then gets married. What should he do to protect his future properties?
2: So again, and, and this comes back to this, properly drafted ANC so one would really have to quantify your ANC and, and examples of of clauses that we can use should we want to now protect our businesses or protect our properties is we can clearly state in an ANC that once for example one shareholding in an entity or future shareholding in entities can be excluded from the marital regime
1: Sure I didn't know that
2: Similarly with, with property we can say yeah you know, it's 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 actually very interesting all of these things and and how one can deal with it but the point just boils down to proper planning in marital situations really prevents poor performance and and prevents this acrimonious facade that we see from divorces
1: okay so in other words just looking into each other's eyes and saying i promise won't do <laughs>
2: No, I, I think I think it's it's very important for the parties actually to endeavour some or other form of estate planning.
1: All right. So, what would you say is proper estate planning?
2: So, from an estate planning and a, and a financial perspective, we need to understand that estate planning is the attempt, and I call it an attempt because I mean we we're dealing with with SARS here and we're dealing with a, a, a lot of variables, but it's it's simply an attempt to retain. Control over your assets and to pay the least amount of tax in a lawful way. So I'm not. I'm not saying tax evasion. I'm saying tax planning. So there's mm. there's, there's definitely okay. a difference.
1: Difference. Yeah. All right. In these circumstances, what would you say are effective estate planning methods to prevent assets forming part of your estate?
2: So one very interesting thing that we can do is that we now purchase a property into a company's name. And I mean, now we are the beneficial owner of this property and we own the shares in the company. So what we then in turn can do, and, and this is again a, a estate planning vehicle to now try and minimize one's tax liability whilst actually retaining to the extent that it's capable of control over one's property. So we now buy this property in the name of a company. And the moment we now want to unsell this property, so we want to sell it to another party, we don't sell the property per se, we sell the shares. Oh, okay. And and this, this avoids the situation of having to transfer and going to transferring attorneys to try and out transfer the property from ABC company to the next owner it's It's simply a transfer of shares that would then occur, so that's 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 one way of how we can do it, but just something for all of our listeners, we need to make sure and there's there's an exception there's a better vehicle mm-hmm. for primary residences so if we're buying this property okay. and it's our primary residence, we're staying there. we are to an extent exempted from capital games tax as a result of our primary residence so any situation where a property is our primary residence there would be a rebate
1: hmm. okay i think we have done a podcast previously on the tax implications on property and in what entities it is bought so maybe we should just revisit that again as a matter of interest my last question you talk about companies and shares, but I know that a lot of the properties we manage are also still registered in closed corporations (CCs). Does the same apply?
2: Exactly, the same applies to CCs. So there, we don't transfer shares; we transfer members' interest, um, and that's just the legal technical wording for it. But I mean, for everyone at home, it's much of a muchness, whether you call it shares or members' interest. It is basically your proof of ownership of that legal entity.
1: Okay. Wow. Quite a mouthful. Dylan, thank you so, so much. And uh, I hope we can invite you again for these interesting subjects on property and everything around it, because one sometimes only think of it as buying property, going to an AGM, casting a vote, and Actually, there's so much more if one looks at everything that could happen. So I really appreciate your insight in this. And uh, we will talk again soon.
2: Yeah, Paul, I must say, I can't agree more with you. I mean, we're in the property industry. And one would think that property law is the thing that governs our industry. But now we, we had a chat about divorce law, so family law can be an intricate part here. We talked about taxation. So tax law is a part. We're looking at aspects of financial planning. So it's definitely important that we have these difficult conversations and that we inform the public. But as always, Paul, I'm very appreciative of being given this opportunity. And thank you very much for having me on your show.
1: Our privilege. Thank you guys. Talk
0: again soon. This was Fitzon's Property Exchange, hosted by Pearl Skeltimer. Not only do we keep you informed on the very latest in the property industry, we also empower by expanding your knowledge base. Make sure to visit www.fitzahn.co.za to find out more about sectional title scheme management, letting, sales and trustee training. Remember to subscribe to our channel and follow us on all our social platforms.